This is Julie D, and you're listening to the Nordonia We Need to Talk Podcast Network, brought to you by NordoniaHills.News, recorded in the Gary Miller Studio. Cleveland Sports Podcast starts now. Welcome to week four of the Cleveland Sports Show with Brady and Darius. I am Brady. And I'm Darius. Today, we'll be talking about the Cleveland Indians and how they've been playing this past week. We're going to talk about how the Cleveland Browns offseason has been, and we will preview training camp coming up next month. We will touch base about the NBA free agency talk going on this week, and Darius will help us understand more about the FIFA World Cup. So the Cleveland Indians have, in the last 10 games, they are 6-4. and four. They are 36-32 and 32 on the season, and they have a three-and-a-half game lead on Detroit and five on Minnesota. This has been an off-season for the Cleveland Indians as they have been struggling all season long. They have a lot of talent on this team, and their record should be a lot better than what it is. Kluber, once again, has been pitching phenomenal this year, but last night he looked human again as he had an off night and a 6-3 to three loss to the Minnesota Twins. Francisco Lindor made a lot of errors in the game. The hitting wasn't good, and the team just played sl- sloppy altogether. It was one of the sloppiest games I've watched all year, and hopefully they will get back on track today at 410. The bullpen has been looking a lot better in the recent weeks, as they have not been blowing as many leads, and they have been pitching better as a team. Andrew Miller is still on the disabled list, but according to reports, he has been throwing and he should be back soon. Carlos Carrasco is starting to pitch better and get his ERA down. On Monday, he pitched seven innings, gave up no runs, only two hits, and he struck out 11. It was one of his best starts of the year, and Carrasco was on the mound today at 4-10, and I, I am excited to see what he does today after that awesome start he had on Monday. The Indians only have a three and a half game lead on Detroit and five on Minnesota, and I think is due to the fact that neither of those teams are putting a lot of pressure on the Indians this year. Last year, Minnesota was right on us, and they had a lot more talent than they, than they do this year, and they were better than this year. I think the Indians need to realize that they need to start playing together and playing better and stop messing around because before you know it, Minnesota could catch up to us. I feel like Minnesota is the only team in the AL Central that could catch us. I think Detroit, after losing star first baseman Miguel Cabrera for the season, this past week, I think they will fall apart, and I don't think they will be a problem. Minnesota has been doing pretty good against us so far this season, and I think they're an underrated team in this division. Even though I think Cleveland should win the division, and I think they will, I still think they just need to start playing better against Minnesota to assure that they will get another division title this season. They are home all week, and they are one of the better home teams in the MLB, so I think this will be a good week coming up for us, and hopefully we will grow a bigger lead. Now on to the Cleveland Browns. This past week, they just concluded the 2018 offseason minicamp, and they only had two days of practice as head coach. Hugh Jackson canceled the final day, and I hope it's a good thing for him canceling the final day. According to many people, they have been doing very good this offseason in practices, the rookies, and everybody they brought in. There's a lot of positive vibe going on around this team, a lot more than usual, but you know, Every year, the Browns fans do this, and they're all excited for the upcoming season, hoping that it will be better than the last season, and hopefully this time, it won't be another 0-16 season. Hopefully, they'll 
at least get six wins, which would be a huge improvement for this team. This offseason, they brought on Tyrod Taylor, quarterback from Buffalo. They drafted Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward, and there's a lot of good talk around them. They traded for Dolphin starter wide receiver Jarvis Landry, and they even got new offensive coordinator Todd Haley. I think the Browns improved a lot this offseason, and I think they'll be a lot better team. But once again, we haven't seen them play together as a team, so who knows how how they would do. Tyrod Taylor is a lead candidate as a as a starting quarterback for this season. And Baker Mayfield is supposedly supposed to be the backup with the signing of veteran quarterback Drew Stanton. I expect Drew Stanton to be the second string and Baker Mayfield to learn from both Tyrod and Drew. I think it will be an awful decision for the Browns to start Baker Mayfield this season. Even just one game. I think he needs to sit out this season and just learn from the veterans. He's a young person he's a young guy and he's been compared to Johnny Manziel but I don't think he's he's nowhere near Johnny Manziel I think he's a lot better mentally and physically and I think Baker Mayfield will be a good quarterback for the Browns in the future my favorite offseason addition for the Browns was wide receiver Jarvis Landry he is a great pro bowl wide receiver he's aggressive and he loves the game that he plays these past weeks he has been talking about his old team the Miami Dolphins saying the quarterback situation is better here in Cleveland and that he really did not have a good relationship with Ryan Tannehill. And I just wonder what happened in Miami for him to say that. To me, they seem to have a good relationship, but I don't know what happened. And I think it's a part of the reason why he got traded to Cleveland. And Josh Gordon, coming back from suspension last year, he's saying that the Browns have the best wide receiver group in the league. And, you know, I think that's a, I think that's a big hype for a team that's that's coming off an 0-16 season. Um, you have to think about the Steelers wide receivers, Atlanta, with Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. You know, I don't think Cleveland's near the best wide receiver in the league. I mean, I don't even think they have the best in the division. So that's a lot of talk coming from Josh Gordon. And who knows if they'll be able to prove it. Training camp is starting next month, late. In July, the dates have not come out yet for the Cleveland Browns practices, but they should be coming out soon. This past week, they they um they wrapped up their off-season practices, and then the players and coaches now get a month break before the start of training camp. Miles Garrett called out Kevin Durant this week, saying that he ruined the league by joining the Golden State Warriors. And I don't know if you heard about that, Darius, but what do you think about that? Well, to a degree, he's not, he's not necessarily wrong. I don't think it's, um, we can't, you know, just disrespect Kevin Durant, um, just because he joined the Warriors. I mean, we know how phenomenal he's been. If LeBron James didn't exist, like Kevin Durant would simply be the best player in the world. Um, we recognize Kevin Durant as the second best player in the world. He's a two-time finals MVP and a two-time NBA champion, um, the thing is, even though he did join the Warriors, this year you have to admit that there was a lot more competition in the NBA this season. A lot of people weren't 100, many people weren't 100% sure that the Warriors um, would even win the championship, let alone let alone um, make it to the finals because of the Rockets and the 76ers and the upcoming of the Celtics. So this was the previous season, the 2016-17 season. Then, yeah, it was the one of the easiest seasons for the Warriors in their history. They eased their way to the championship when they went 16-1 and in the playoffs. But 
now this year and now in the upcoming future, there are a lot of teams like the Celtics, the 76ers, and now the Rockets. You could possibly say even the Lakers with their young talent who are going to challenge the Warriors even more because now they know what the Warriors are made of. And this season is going to be a lot tougher, I think, for the Warriors if they're going to want to have a three-peat on their hands. It's not like what you're saying about the that it won't be as easy next season for Golden State to come out on top. And I like how you mentioned the Lakers because I know in the past weeks we both have said the Lakers wouldn't be a good team. But the more I think about it and the more rumors I've been hearing this past week, the more I think that depending on who the Lakers get, they could be a good team and they could probably even take down Golden State depending on who they get. Like coming news coming out of yesterday, Kawhi Leonard wants to trade and his target is the Lakers. So if he does go to the Lakers, I do see Paul George or LeBron James joining with him. But I, st- I still don't know if that would be enough for Golden State. What do you think about Kawhi Leonard? Uh, I think asking to go to the Lakers isn't the smartest move because even though what what we've said about these Lakers uh, in the past few weeks um, is still it's still true today. Um, I've heard I've also heard I don't know if you heard but the Celtics are also making noise. They actually attempted a trade for him before the trade deadline occurred, and I think the Celtics are the better. They have a much better future. Kawhi Leonard's only twenty six. Uh, he still has a lot of years ahead of him, and I think if he wants to have a successful NBA career, he uh, the Celtics would be a better choice for him than the Lakers because with the Lakers, you just don't know what you're gonna get, unfortunately. And I um, and if LeBron James or Paul George still sign there, I don't think it would be enough to beat the Warriors. Um, and plus, they're in the Western Conference. Uh, so it's going to make it much harder for the Lakers to get past um, the conference finals. Yeah, I like what you're saying. I think Lake, the Lakers would not be a good destination for him or for anyone in free agency. I think anyone in the East would be a way better destination. Um, You know, if I'm a star like Paul George or LeBron James, I do not want to go to the West no matter how good Houston is or any other team you want to sign with there. I want to stay in the East, and I have, you have a much better chance of coming out of the East than you do the West, and I don't want to face Golden State for the NBA Finals, and that's the main reason why I'm not going to the West if I'm LeBron or Paul George. Well, Paul George is already in the Western Conference, so if he wants so if, if he wants a trade to go somewhere, he'd probably have to go back to the East, preferably, because he, he plays for the Thunder, who are in the West. Yeah. To me, he wants out of the West. Um, I don't see him staying with the Thunder this off season, or even Westbrook. I mean, news come out came out this week that Russell Westbrook might be wanting to come to Cleveland to join LeBron. Well, I don't think LeBron's going to stay though. So I think those are those are just rumors. It would be silly for LeBron to stay. And even if Russell Westbrook came to the Cavaliers and LeBron was there, they still wouldn't even beat the Warriors. Um. I don't even know if they'd possibly beat a healthy Celtics team. I, I think that's a that's a silly move that Russell Westbrook would make. If there's anyone who's who would stay with the Thunder, it would be Westbrook because he's he's been there his whole career. And I don't I don't think it would be. I I, don't, I honestly just don't see where else he would go on a championship caliber team that doesn't already have a star point guard. That's that, that's that's just my concern. I disagree with everything you just said. I think every, everything would be totally different if LeBron and Westbrook get into talking 
Westbrook actually does want to come here. I think, you know, LeBron already, want, a part of him wants to stay here in Cleveland because of his family and he loves the fans. And, you know, he wants to stay and finish his career here in Cleveland. But the roster they have now, it's really hard for him to stay with this team. But with the addition of Russell Westbrook, and I think that will spark the front office. And I think they'll trade Kev Love and, make, and maybe the first-round pick for another star like Kawhi Leonard or DeMarcus Cousins. And I think with the addition of Russell Westbrook and LeBron James staying, I think we'll get one more star. And I think this team will be totally different next year and a lot better than they were. Don't forget, there's this fun thing that we talk about a lot in the NBA, and it's called the salary cap. The Cavs have extended their salary cap phenomenally. It's it's way above its limit. West, Russell Westbrook, uh, according to sources, is making $217 million on his contract. Do you think that the Cavs can pay... I'll, I'll ask you this question. Do you think that the Cavaliers can still pay Russell Westbrook that sum of money with what they're already give, going to give LeBron if he resigns with them as a free agent, plus all the other role players or other trades that they make. How how the thing I'm asking you is how are they going to be able to manage all of that if they're already significantly over the salary cap? That's a good point, and honestly, I don't know what they would do, but I feel like they could make make it work somehow. Um, you know, definitely with this general manager Kobe. You know, I really like what he's done. Besides the trade of Kyrie Irving last summer, of course. But, you know, I think he's a good GM in the trades he made in the offseason. And I really think he could make it work somehow. But, yeah, the money will be a huge problem. And, you know, that may be the outcome of this team being a contender again or one of the worst teams in the league in a rebuild mode. Uh, this past week, Kyrie Irving declined his contract extension with the Celtics, um, saying that financially, right now, it just didn't make any sense. Um, Brady, uh, what's what's your overall thought on on this event in this past week? Um, I don't really know what to think about it. Um, you know, I think I think Kyrie does want more money than he is getting right now. I think he thinks that. He's more deserving of it, and I think Boston will end up trading him at some point before his contract is up at the end of next season. Like a few weeks ago, I heard that the Knicks were a potential target that the Celtics wanted to trade him to, and I think I would suck for Kyrie, but I think it would make sense for the Celtics with the... You know, I don't think the Celtics need Kyrie. They have Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier, who showed up big time this season, and I, I don't think they need Kyrie, and I think trading him would be the best option for Boston. I completely disagree with uh, your idea for trading Kyrie Irving, and trade not only trading Kyrie Irving, but trading him to the Knicks of all places. The Knicks are one of the most embarrassing teams in the NBA right now, um, and trading Kyrie to a team in rebuild mode would be an extremely foolish idea because he's the only star on that team. Kyrie is needed with the Celtics because he is their number one guy and they're still a championship contending team. So it, it's pointless for them to trade to trade Kyrie Irving. And um, if he does resign with them next summer, he reportedly will be getting more money on his contract. So if it, if I'm guessing if he's saying it doesn't make sense right now, 
maybe he'll play a season with them and then sign the contract extension because I don't see anywhere else um, that that Kyrie Irving can go. Um, just like Russell Westbrook, I I mean there's really no top top dog team that I think Kyrie can play with other than the I think the Celtics are the perfect fit for him, especially what we uh, what we saw before he was injured. Um, and then you add Gordon Hayward to that, or potentially another, and potentially another star. That's that's definitely a team that'll win the East. Yeah, I don't agree with you saying that Boston needs him. Um, you know, I, don't, I think that they've proved this season that they're a good young team and they have the players to do it, to step up and to play well. Besides Kyrie, I'm mean, look at how far they made it even without even after Kyrie getting hurt for the season. And, you know, Gordon Hayward's going to make a huge difference for them next next year. And I really like why I saw from Terry Rozier, their backup point guard, who started for Kyrie. And I really think he could do it. But, you know, I don't think it makes sense to trade him to the Knicks out of all teams. You know, yeah, they are really bad. And, you know, Kyrie would not win there. I know Kyrie would not want to go there. I don't see why he would if he did. But, yeah, I do see the Boston trading him somewhere. You know, I don't know where, you know, I think it will save them money. And I f- feel like they trust the players that they have on their team now. But, you know, we'll see what happens with Kyrie. I don't, I don't think he'll ever come back to Cleveland, that's for mm-hmm. sure. You know, I wish he would, but... I don't think it's just not going to happen. And don't forget, the NBA free agency doesn't start until July 1st. So we have a few more weeks to go until players start signing and getting traded and stuff. But for now, do you want to explain to yeah. us more about the World Cup? Yeah. To begin, the 2018 FIFA World Cup is a month-long tournament that goes on till July 15th is when the final game of the tournament is. There are a total of 32 teams um, that play. These teams represent uh, their respective countries. And this tournament occurs uh, every four years with a new country uh, as the host nation, which will basically host all the games, have different arenas set up throughout multiple cities within this country. And how the tournament itself progresses is that each country or team respectively, they're a total of eight groups, and they're classified as letters. So there's A through H, the first eight letters of the alphabet. And in each of these lettered groups, there are four teams. And the top two teams of each group will make it to the second round. And the second round um, are the, is the knockout stage. And it's not a series. It's just one-and-done game. So the teams only play once, and whoever wins that one game will move on to the next round. And the top two teams, like I said, the top two teams will move on to the second round. The first round is known as the group stage, where all the teams pl- where the teams from the groups play each other, and um, and then they accumulate a certain a certain amount of points for each group. And when a team wins a game, one team wins. That one team wins a total of three points. If it's a tie. They um, each team will receive one point, and the losing team won't receive any points. In FIFA soccer in the group stage, they don't go into extra time, which is an, an additional 30 minutes. They don't 
they don't go into that. If the game ends as a tie, it'll stay at a tie, and each team will receive one point. However, in the knockout stages or the second round, if the teams do tie, they'll have to go to a 30-minute extra time. And if it's still tied after that, they'll go to penalty kicks and a penalty shootout, and that will ultimately decide the game. Um, the knockout stages include four total rounds. You have the round of 16, where the top 16 teams, uh, two from each of the eight groups, mathematically, um, they play. They, they're. Uh, it's set up, and the teams play each other. And like I said, it's one and done. So in when one team wins, they move on to the quarterfinals, and the quarterfinals are the top eight teams. It's pretty much uh, the exact same as the NBA bracket. Like I said, they only play one game. The top eight teams compete, and then the top four teams will go on to the semifinals, and there are two semifinal games. And the losing teams of those semifinals will go to their own game. It's called the third and fourth place match to decide who wins the bronze medal, basically, of the World Cup. And then you have the winning teams of the semifinals. Those two teams meet in the final itself. And the final will be in Moscow, Russia, in um, on July 15th. Uh, the host country for this tournament this year is Russia. Like I said, it only happens once every four years. Um, and Russia has many cities hosting the tournament, like St. Petersburg, Sochi, and like I said, uh, Moscow. Um, and that's basically the preview of the World Cup. Some of the games today, uh, we actually have a game going on right now as I speak. Uh, Peru are taking on Denmark in their group. And then later today at 3 p.m. in Eastern Time, Croatia and Nigeria will be playing each other in their first game of the tournament. Uh, the tournament started on Thursday with Russia winning 5 to nothing over Saudi Arabia. Uh, there's going to be a lot more to come, so stay in tune for uh, the World Cup this year. Could you explain to me more how the group round works? Like how many times they play each team in their group and how many games they need to move on? So it, each team in the group will only get three games no matter what. So if you so for example, Group A um, this year is Russia, Saudi Arabia, um, uh, Uruguay, and Egypt. So each of those teams will play each other only once. Um, so each, basically, each team is going to get one group stage game, and. Um, you said you said you wanted to know how like, how they so look. each so each team plays three games in their group. Yes, each team in each team in their group they'll play three games against each other in their group. There's no there's no like multi group thing where someone from group A plays someone from B, unless it's the knockout round. But specifically group stage, you just have teams from A facing off in each other, teams from group B facing off against each other. So there's really there's no like collaboration with other groups until the knockout round. And then the top two teams in each group with the most points moves on, basically? Yes. Gotcha. Who do you think is going to win the whole thing? Um, a lot of the top teams, like Germany, are the defending champions uh, from 2014, looking to defend their crown this year. Um, France is another European powerhouse, as well as Spain. Um, in South America, we have Argentina and Brazil, who are... To the to probably the two top teams in the South in South America, 
Um, the United States is not in the tournament. Um, and Russia are the host nation, so a lot of people have expectations for them to do well and move at least to the semifinals, uh, if not better, this year. How many do games happen like every day, or how does that work? Uh, yeah, there are games every day. There are actually it's pretty much uh, going on all day um, throughout the day. And once the tournament starts to progress, and then a lot of teams get eliminated, as more teams get eliminated, the schedule shortens. Um, so there's there won't be as many games in a day. But yeah, but for now, for these next couple of weeks, there are going to be games every day, almost three, four games every day. There are 64 total matches in the tournament. And you said it ends on July 15th? Yeah, July 15th is the final. So we'll see what happens. Yep. And that's all we have for this week on the Cleveland Sports Show. We'll be back in two weeks for our fifth one. Thank you.